1991. Alabama cop Joe Huff is going undercover as a member of the violent Nazi biker gang known only as the Brotherhood. There he will be pushed to the limits, facing brutal gladiatorial arena fights, teeth-clenching bike races, Uzi shootings, devastating drive-by grenade throws, and more vehicle explosions than any man has ever witnessed, all while sporting the most magical mullet in human history. This is the LV426 Degrees of Alien podcast, and tonight we're talking about Stone Cold. Hello and welcome to another episode of the LV426 Degrees of Alien. I'm Andrew, and as always, I'm joined by my intrepid co-host, Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello. I am overwhelmed. Absolutely. Completely filled with joy to be here tonight to talk about one of the masterpieces of cinema. Technically, this is your Christmas present. I was uh, like, you know, this this is why we're doing it this month. It was just like, oh, okay, you know what? Because since the start of this podcast, Jason's like, oh man, I really like this movie called Stone Cold. It's got like Lance Hendrickson in it, but like I don't know if we can justify recording it for the podcast. Blah blah blah. blah. It turns like, out it has everything to do with Predator. And, yeah, you know uh, what? Surprisingly, uh, I didn't even agree to it on the extra added elements that we're going to bring in. I literally just was like, you know what? Look, Lance Henriksen is in this. We all love it, Lance Henriksen. Let's just do this. It'll be your your gift. And then it wasn't until after I was like already like, bam, we're doing this, that I discovered there's actually a surprising amount of Predator connections with this movie. Uh, So I am actually really kind of excited to to get into that. So Mm -hmm. um it, it wasn't uh, born out of me making the connections. It was born out of our friendship. <laughs> you being charitable enough to uh, give me this gift, and I appreciate that, you know? And, and you know, is this a good movie? I don't know. We'll talk about yes. that. Is it the best movie? <laughs> yes, 100%. It's the best fucking movie ever made. But if we will you get are, If you're one of those people who are unable to read the episode titles before they download a podcast, yes, we are talking about the movie from 1991 stone cold and before we get to that only only a little bit i'm going to only do a little bit we got reports this, from the this podcast well i just want to warn you look at the time signature this may be a six-hour podcast so you may <laughs> <laughs> because i think i could go for an hour and a half just on the cold open yeah. so let's welcome let's... welcome to the minute by minute stone cold uh, podcast you know, i, I... This would be a pod that this would be a movie I would support that. I mean, I could I could do an entire podcast on just the leather coat he's wearing at the beginning of this fucking movie. And honestly, like I'm, I, I always feel like that kind of podcast would be better suited to a movie like this than it was a for a great like most- movie. Yes, agree. Well, yes, for the for a movie like, but a, for a movie that was like kind of like just as crazy as this is, like just re- whether or not you think it's good or bad, just like yeah. the amount of madness that happens in every frame versus like you know, and this is like the most popular version of this podcast, like the minute by minute podcast. The most popular version of that is for the movie Heat, and I'm like, I like that movie. That's like a great movie, Love but like that movie, yes. Oh no, no, it's a fantastic yeah. movie. I just don't know how much you would benefit from the minute by minute dissection of that. Uh, there, there are scenes where that would work, but right. Like, I don't think there's as much like absolute insanity and enough like material to cover minute by minute, but like for a film like this, yeah, 
I, I think there's actually enough that if someone were to do a minute by minute podcast, I would expect them to do like this. And I, I never, I don't understand why the, you know, I think there's, there has been a minute by minute, like plan nine from outer space podcast. And I'm like, I get Jesus, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, there's like, so much you could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I get that. And it's just like, you know, I, it's always surprising to me when like great movies get that treatment where I'm just like, well, I mean, like I understand what you're doing, but also, you know, <laughs> the um great comedian and YouTuber, Chris Fleming, has the only analysis of heat that you actually need which is how he is the all-time great gay film of all time and you should look up that youtube video because it is fucking phenomenal he breaks down how that film is just about how al pacino and robert de niro and those that movie want to boat each other and it's so fucking good because it's absolutely true yes i was gonna say yes that i think that is definitely uh the plot the main <laughs> thrust the plot, that movie the is thrust. 100 <laughs> It's and it's just a great that dude's YouTube channel is fucking phenomenal. But you should check that YouTube video. But okay, nice, let's let, nice. let I know we have high, very yeah. briefly, very briefly, because all of these that I'm going to talk about will eventually be episodes of their own. I'm only going to really talk about two novels that I recently read that are some of the newest stuff that have come out in the universe that we are talking about, and that is Aliens, specifically Aliens versus Predators, Rift War. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because I don't know if we've ever actually seen the Aliens versus Predators uh, label as far as uh, it has gone for the franchise. Because normally it's Alien versus Predator. Like that's usually where that specific franchise is designated. It doesn't make too much of a difference unless you're like an ultra fucking nerdy nerd like us and who care about SEO, but it or, is. Or you're listening to this podcast because you have to be the ultra fucking nerd to listen to this podcast. But uh, you know uh, what? I, I'm sure some cool person who's like just smoking weed and like partying and like know, doing whatever in right. LA is listening to this, this and they're cool, but everyone else, you know, yeah. I get right. they're, uh, uh, what, what's the drug they're doing in this movie? P2P? What are they doing in this movie? They're, they're, they're <laughs> neck deep not. in P2P. <laughs> We'll get into that. I have no so many questions. Uh, but yeah, so this is by y Yvonne Novero and Weston O-S-C-H-E. I don't know how to pronounce uh, his last name, and I don't want to be uh, offensively mispronounce it. Uh, but both of them have worked in Alien and Predator franchises before this, and this is their first kind of teaming up. They are a husband and wife duo, and they teamed up to write this novel. I really like this novel. I think there it takes a little bit to get into because a lot of it is from the Predator's perspective. And if you're not used to reading from the Predator perspective, like it can seem a little bit jarring because, you know, there's a lot of very specific phraseology in the way they speak and how they live their lives. And, you know, there's a lot of thought put into creating the point of view of a predator. A lot of and, purring and clicking and you yeah, know, you, not, not as much as, not as much as you think, but you know, yeah. you're allowed to talk about like young blood, what it means to be blooded and what it means to be a hunter and like, and honor. And like, I think it's actually pretty well done once you get uh, established into that, uh, into that cadence. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this. I think there is a little bit of, you know, they introduce flying xenomorphs in this. Just that was one of the pitches of this. And they have the xenomorphs infect these creatures on this planet called the Rift Wings. And like, I don't know if they're completely described well enough because I'm like, 
I, I don't know what the fuck these things look like. Because, like, at one point, they have these big, long proboscises. Proboscises? I don't know how to fucking pronounce it. They got, like, big noses. Proboscis? Yeah, they, yeah, they're kind of like, like big old scorpions. Like, not scorpions. Mosquitoes. Big old mosquitoes who, yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. fly and yep. just go... But then, at one point, someone describes them as having monkey faces. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What does that mean? Because at first, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of like a dragonfly with like a mosquito face that like sucks you but then uh you know n- n- no uh no kink shaming here uh but uh you know i just really flying monkeys to... yeah flying monkeys i don't know <laughs> but like i was just like through the first part of the, the book i was like what the fuck can someone just draw me a picture of these creatures because they're like kind of pivotal to the plot and i don't know what the fuck they look like but you know once you get over that, you just in your in your brain decide what they look like, and then uh, they get infected by xenomorphs and stuff like that. So I think this is quite fun when you really get into it and you kind of give into the uh, into the plot of this. And it's fascinating because I think that this book takes a little bit to kind of get into, whereas the next book I think has the most issues in the back half, and that is Aliens Vasquez, which recently came out mm. this is by v castro for honestly i would say probably about like 80 percent of this book i fucking love i think it's some of the best stuff that we've gotten as far as the alien universe has gone through v castro is at latinx woman who is really really invested in telling the story of this vasquez from a, a, a point of view that's not a white person so it's in brown, it's, in brown face such yeah, as yeah 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 you know <laughs> I, you know aliens has always kind of had that uh little bit of a black mark towards it and in yeah. terms of the treatment of that character and what is what is fascinating though is that this is a book that v castro pitched to titan like she wanted to write this so That's like cool. she went through the effort to uh you know get a meeting with them and pitch this to them so this is not one of those books that like someone just got hired to do like you know oh this will be a quick buck or yeah. an alien book which by the way i don't even i don't know shade on that at all because some some great books have come from like just people being like yeah whatever like whatever hey just, writers but, have to eat too you know what I yeah, mean? yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly but like this is clearly like a passion project and you can tell and i feel like um the the thing about this book is i think it was pitched as two books and they were told they and like she was told she could only have one is how I would probably feel. So, so is that why you think the, the problems in the back half? Because she's jamming yeah. too much in the back? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, because for the most part, like, I think you could probably just take all the stuff she wanted to do with, like, an actual alien story and, like, put it into a second book and have the first book be all about the growing up in the world of aliens because mm. I feel like, you know, uh, they, they introduce all this stuff with, like, Vasquez. The first 80 pages is just the story of Vasquez, and it's amazing. It is really, really good, and it does stuff where I'm like, damn, I now care about Drake, which, like, I've never cared about Drake. Nobody gives a fuck about Drake or the rapper or the character from yeah. the... Uh... Obviously not the rapper, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've never really been too attached. Like, I, I didn't think he was like a bad character by any means in Aliens, but I never was attached to him. But like reading this book, I'm like, damn, I now like feel something for that for that character that like, like I did it before. And he's like, just... do your do your thing, Vasquez, do your thing. <laughs> that you know that meme, you know the meme. 
That's out there, I'm, kids. I'm not involving any any uh. any discussion of that, Drake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's it's really good, and I would say it's probably light sci-fi for the majority of it. It's like kind of like you know dealing with an extrapolation of the aliens universe from the perspective of a person living a normal life on Earth. And it is really, really interesting as they kind of set up Vasquez and then they set up her two kids. So she has a, a son and a daughter. And Damn. they set that up. That makes uh, her demise in Aliens pretty, uh, a little bit rougher. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. But well, because what they do is they, they, they talk about how, um, you know, she is, she was actually in prison and she is constricted to become a colonial Marines through being put in prison Damn. for something that's not her fault by the way like she didn't actually do it it she got she got busted by the la i think it was i think it was like the los angeles police department that specifically but uh, i can't be one of course 100 sure that's but, um that's um, something that happens or has happened in the united states as well like i had dudes in my basic training that were uh former gang members that were or current gang members that were um ordered to be in the army or do time yeah yeah like so that's it, the thing it, that's happened you know what i mean yeah i don't know if yeah. that's still a practice but like when i was the and even when i was in not that long ago it was a thing kind of fucked up but go ahead yeah no of course and and i think that's kind of the stuff that like is kind of peppered in throughout this is that like this that's just discovering the reality of of the situation for a lot of minority people and how they get involved in the military and she has when she's just starting basic training she does have like uh like she has a relationship with somebody and it results in the kids but the kids get taken away from her because she's still technically a prisoner so they manage to get uh her son and her daughter get to her uh, sister that you kind of get introduced to and so she doesn't actually get to raise the kids and then you know she everything that happens in aliens happens and it's just kind of that extra level of like oh damn that's like kind of like sad mm. like and like yeah. kind of touching and both of her kids are really well drawn you get all of this stuff of their coming of age which is just completely fascinating and i i really really like it and i think that the 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 negatives of the book come in the last part of the book where they Pretty much they put all of like, say like a book like Alien Out of the Shadows. Like they put all of that plot in about 50 pages. Sure. Because because she she sets up like this really cool like, oh shit, aliens have broken out on this plane and, and like we have to deal with it. But that's like the maybe 50 pages of the final book. And she does a lot of cool stuff with the aliens. She's got like a lot of really cool ideas going on and like in her head. And you can tell like, damn if they had just given her a full book to like extrapolate this particular like sec piece like this would have been amazing but because you don't get a lot of the nuances that you get like in that like 300 page version of this these 50 pages like it, it just kind of feels like oh yeah okay boom 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 and it's not as interesting as that initial 350 pages are so like it's a hundred percent. I still really recommend the book. It's just, I, I, I just feel like the, the ending ends up being rushed because I don't think they gave her all enough time. So. Got it. Yeah. But, Sounds like it's worth reading though. So. I'd oh like yeah. To check it out. yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It is a hundred percent worth reading. Nice. Those are the reports from the hive. <laughs> and now, and now we are on to stone cold 
So you might be asking, why are we talking about Stone Cold? Well, I, I you know, I already talked about how uh, Lance Henriksen is in the movie. Oh boy, is he in this movie? Oh God, he is in this fucking movie. Lance Henriksen is in this movie playing a character called Chains oh, Hopper. My Cooper? fucking Chains I, Cooper. I think it's I didn't Dave know he Cooper. even had a last name. The, all the bikers have the best <laughs> names ever. There's Chains. There's Ice. There's... What's amazing is I think he's like one of the only ones who does have a last name because Chains Cooper has a last name, but Ice doesn't. Nancy Chris doesn't. Co- like Chris Cooper's uh, brother, Chains Cooper. <laughs> Chains Cooper. Um, and this is directed by Craig R. Baxley. And if mm, you don't yes. know, um, yes. and th- again, I did not plan this, but what we're actually covering the uh, second episode of this month is also a Craig R. Baxley film. And that is a uh, a movie entitled "I Come in Peace" or "Dark Angel," which is actually the movie he made before this movie. Funnily enough, um, and if you don't know his name, I you know no judgment. Of course, it's it's this kind of obscure bit of uh, predator knowledge, but he was involved in the second unit directing and involved as a stunt coordinator in the original Predator. And it seems like the original Predator actually really kind of gave him the kickstart to start directing films. Because before that, he had directed a few episodes of the original A-Team, but he hadn't actually directed any feature films. And after working on Predator, he ended up directing the following year, Action Jackson. Do you know about Action Jackson? I Oh, yes, I know about Action Jackson, for sure. Yes. Another movie that is definitely eligible because not only is yes. directed by Mr. Craig R. Baxley, but it also involves the uh, immortal Carl Weathers. Yeah, of course it does. Um, yes, of course. Oh, Mr. God. Action Jackson himself, you know? Yes, he yeah. is the Action Jackson. Um, and and it, so it, it did seem like, you know, his work on Predator really kind of actually ended up giving him a career in directing all of these kind of action movies. And yeah, the the third one in the bunch of that original starting of Action Jackson's Dark Angel slash I Come in Peace, and then the year after that is this movie, which is Stone Cold. The culmination of all of that into this absolute magic. Yes. Yeah, okay, so that is the reason why we're kind of covering this. There mm-hmm. actually is legitimate reasons to cover this on this podcast. <laughs> but I was kind of surprised. But I was really just being like, eh, whatever. I mean, oh, I forget. Jason wants to do it. We'll do it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so as we, before we get into this too far, Jason, tell me about this movie and how you got involved with this movie, how you discovered how this movie. How did I get involved with it? <laughs> and I just want to know, yeah, why have... did you oh, want this god. movie to be covered? Oh so my god. Quickly? So... Let me just, I am known to be somewhat hyperbolic. Would you say that that's true? Uh, That's part of my personalities. I am hyperbolic. I will admit that. I was recently on uh, a podcast that I'm on sometimes, you know, Thor's uh, Our Thunder, you know, shout out to them. Great friends, good people over there, right? And we've both been on there occasionally, right? And I called the film Nope a masterpiece, right? And I got a lot of shit for that, right? From, From people I love. This is part why of it. Why do you why do you get crap? I thought isn't that like a very like critically acclaimed movie? It is, it is, but you know, it is kind of like the movie Us, I think. It is very kind of like not as if you if you compare it to like I don't want to do uh, you know, an entire review of Nope, but it is sort of a messier film in, in, in terms of if you compare it to like Get Out, 
which is a very tight movie, right? Nope is like kind of like, you know, things have to come together in your head for in the theme. It's more thematic than it is on screen. Does that make sense? Yes. So I, so I kind of get I got to yeah. push back for that. Whatever. I, I stand by my word. I'm not saying I'm backing down for that. But I understand why someone might not feel that way about Nope. I would fight someone to the fucking death if they told me that Stone Cold is not fucking amazing. Okay? I would go to the Thunderdome over this movie is what I'm saying. How how okay? did you discover this movie? That's yeah, what I so, really want to know. Great question. So there was there's a man, you know, the 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 titular stone in this film with an incredible hairstyle <laughs> that is a lie this is not an incredible it is hairstyle. a fucking inc- it's not incredible will you ever forget that hair i don't know <laughs> i won't no i will, <laughs> no, I will not. name brian bosworth right so brian bosworth is the star debatable i say maybe you know Lance and um, William Forsythe they're the actual stars Whoa, of this film. He's the but, star of this movie. But Brian let's, Bosworth, not, let's not let's not I, give this man any. any I'm not giving uh, him shade. I, I'm not giving him no shade. No shade. I, uh, no, no, no. I think he's fine in this movie actually, and I would defend that. I think I like what he's doing, which is really underplaying this character. But we'll get to that. He, I don't. Do you know anything about this man, Brian Bosworth? I mean, other than the fact that I just opened his IMDb and apparently he worked for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, was, so he okay. was a college football star. Like huge, right? Um, there's a great documentary on him called Brian and the Boz, which is actually a really good documentary that really goes into the psychology of him and talks about this stuff. There's a huge story I could just talk about Brian Bosworth, actually. So he like created this persona. His name is Brian Bosworth, but he created this persona. I would say even a WWE-esque like heel character called the Boz, right? So he essentially played this character. Some may say as a marketing scheme in college, he was a great college player, right? A defensive um, lineman, I think. I think a lineman or defensive end. Um, I guess it's part of the line. He, but he created he was this, a like, linebacker. That, it says on oh linebacker. Okay, he wasn't a lineman. He was linebacker. Created this persona that was kind of like he fought the NCAA. He like for his likeness. He really like what like you know told people off. He was just like a bad boy. Right. But he's playing this persona, essentially. Right. So but he was a great player. So he gets drafted by the Seattle Seahawks and then never really has a career because he gets injured and never really pans out. And then he turns to acting. I, I'm not going to spoil the documentary. I would check it out. Um, He claims he created this persona because he felt really pressured by his father and he couldn't bear to be himself in front of the camera. So it's really interesting shit there. Right. Maybe, maybe not, right? Um, maybe he's just playing a character. But either way, that's the story of Brian Bosworth as a football player to some degree. He is then goes on to, in his first starring role, in an incredible movie called Stone Cold. But there was huge hype around this movie, right? Because it was really just after his football career. It kind of ended. And my brother, who's five years older, was super excited for this movie. Very excited. I remember coming out in Blockbuster. He rented it. And I was not allowed to see it uh, for un, for 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 um from very good reasons actually. Once we get oh, to this movie, oh please, um, what? There's only like what twenty five <laughs> scenes of nudity in this. Like, I think I, I think it was the knife throw into the picture of bare man ass that probably tipped the scale. But um, uh, <laughs> wonderful. It's fucking uh Brian Bosworth in that glorious fucking bikini bottom that maybe you know my mom balked at. I don't know. 
but you know, it, it was one of those things like the movie I was not allowed to see. So that when I did see it, it even had more meaning. And boy, did it not disappoint. Like this movie is ingrained in my psyche in parts for that reason, but in parts because what's in this fucking movie every single minute is fucking magic. Like it is a movie. There's no bad. There's no down parts. It is just fun to watch. Rich Evans, uh, Red Letter Media, said that this movie is as if somebody did the equivalent of painting an impressionist painting of an action movie from the 80s. And it's totally true. Like, this is like an impressionist idea of what an 80s action film is like. Like, it is, I think, um, I, I uh, texted Andrew, I was like, this is like if somebody made a Rainier Wolfcastle movie in real life, right? And it is, it is oh man, from the very get-go from the cold open <laughs> to the very end, it is just delicious in my mind. I like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm probably audience members are like, is this guy on cocaine? No, this movie just does this to me. Like, I watched it three times in between the time that we talked about doing it and watching it. I sometimes just put the cold open on if I'm having a bad day. Like, it just it makes my day. I, I, like, <laughs> at noon today, I glanced at the time and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to talk about Stone Cold today. And my heart started beating like I was going on a first date tonight. Like, I fucking was like uh, overjoyed. Like, uh, so yeah, uh, this movie means a lot to me in so many ways. And I don't, and I sort of thought like, I, um, I, when we started talking about this, I really hyped this movie up. I, I texted Andrew. I was like, you know, this movie's fucking incredible. This movie's fantastic. Uh, and I was like, I hope I am not overhyping it for them. And then it was like, you fucking moron. You can't overhype this movie. It delivers on every fucking thing that it does. But maybe you'll prove me wrong. How do you feel about having watched this movie? Well, okay, so I will be a little bit honest there. I think yeah, there's, fine. like, probably, like, the middle of this movie. There's, like, a few scenes where it's just kind of like, all right, all right, like, let's get let's, okay. let's, let's get to the thing. But there's not many, right? Like, and it's not many. I agree and the like, second act in, is the slowest of the three acts. The first act and third act are nuts, but yes. yes, I yes the, well, because it's, like, the first act, the third acts are just absolutely insanity. The first act's all like, tits. The third act's all things blowing up, and it's fucking it's incredible. Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean and, to step in. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. And, and like, I, I wouldn't even, like, really put that against this movie because, like, it, even its slower third act is still, like, sorry, the second act that's mm. a little slower is still better than most films third act uh, especially like action movies okay, so the second act has a scene where a man gets a grenade thrown at them on the street just for fucking <laughs> just that's just like for just just for context and that's the slower that... of the three fucking acts but go ahead Sorry. for what that might be one of the funniest scenes in film history in it's that so like good. it's this these this it's italian so... mobsters who oh are like God. like all these fucking bikers are coming up on my so my, fucking good. I gotta I gotta teach them a lesson, and you're like, oh, they're gonna do a drive by, right? Like most movies, what they would do is they go and they like do like a drive by or something, and like no, in this movie, the guy just casually throws a grenade out of his window and blows the guy up. I watched this the second time with my wife and my six year old daughter, okay, who have never seen it. Yeah. 
my six-year-old daughter first was on the phone, like texting. And then when she finally looks up, her eyes never left the screen. She was cheering. She was standing <laughs> on the couch. When the grenade comes out and blows that dude up, she was screaming. That's what this movie does. But go ahead. You, I'm sorry. No, you're you're right. You know, that is kind of what the movie and like I think one of the things to like kind of like put this movie into context and why I think this movie is actually pretty remarkable <laughs> is to kind of compare it to other action films of the time, right? Like, you know, you think of 1991, you think of like Terminator 2, right? And like, you know, that's not fair to any movie to compare it to Terminator 2. Except for 2. Stone Cold, which is a better movie than Terminator 2. <laughs> it does actually, you know, and regardless, there is the biker in Terminator 2 who Arnold like crushes is one of the main bikers in this movie. Oh, yeah. And he's fucking awesome. And he's, he's great. Awesome. He's, he's, he's great fucking. in Stone Cold. I was like, it's oh, a shit. fucking beer can fucking. <laughs> machine gunned <laughs> off his shoulder it's so good okay go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry no, oh, no 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 it's fine you're, you're excited it's good but like what i mean is like you know the seagal of it all right like because this is the era where there's a whole bunch of seagal movies and you also get leads like you know i i tend to be a little bit more kind to some of john claude van damme's action stuff sure. i think they're they're they're, they're kind JPCD. of fun we, who love, doesn't love a jpz we, we will eventually kind of like talk about them but you, this is the kind of the era yeah. of like time cop and stuff like that and time like, cop's delightful time, yeah, time delightful. cop Time Cop is delightful, but like Stone Cold like blows it out of oh, the water in, the, in in this way of like this is the this is kind of like what you think action movies of the time were like, but like they mostly weren't. And I think that's one of the things. Like you know, there's elements of this that are in other action films of the time, but like <laughs> when you are parodying or you're talking about '90s action films, you're talking about a very specific genre of action. You're actually kind of just talking about Stone Cold, and none of us have <laughs> realized it. Like every time you've seen a parody of a of a scene of a '90s action movie in anything. They're not actually doing a parody. They're just doing a scene from Stone Cold, which I think is amazing because I don't think you could parody or like, I don't even think you could like, I genuinely do not think you could MST3K this film because it it is knows what it's doing so hard that like you can't, you can't even minorly that's a make real, fun of That's the question of this movie. Like, in, I think it sounds like you, uh, you know, that was the question I was going to ask of you. And I think we need to get into that. Like, I think there's a lot to talk about that because... <sighs> I don't think this film is so bad it's good. I think this film is so good it's good. Like, I think well, this film yeah. is good. I, I think this film is 100% aware of what it's doing. Yes. Like, first off. Yes, that's, that's um, the, the key. And, yeah. And, 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 I, and I think it has, it has, like, from frame one, it is having fun with its premise. Ugh. It, like, the, the, the cold open of this movie is outstanding. You, uh, it's I, incredible. I thought RoboCop was going to show up. Like, and, and that is, by the way, that's one this of the biggest. This is a biggest... very RoboCop-esque movie, actually. It is. It is. But to call anything reminiscent of RoboCop, to me, is like the greatest compliment of all time because that yeah. is like the pinnacle of filmmaking. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it felt like a scene from RoboCop. And you're like, yeah. damn, this is so much fun because it's like so over the top. And like, it starts with like these these robbers who are like robbing this convenience store. And for no reason, a grocery store, yeah, a grocery store. Sorry, yeah, a grocery store. They open up on a just a pile of Ritz crackers boxes. Fucking wonderful! Like they destroy these Ritz crackers. Why are they there for the twenty dollars in the fuck? Who cares? They are so the dude (laughs) who's the main bad guy in this fucking posse. 
The guy who grabs the girl. Oh, my God. The girl with fucking. My God. She has like head. First of all, before we get into this, right? If you've not seen this film, turn this podcast off and go watch it. You can find it on YouTube. I beg of you, if you at all like action movies, watch this movie. Please. You can find this in 1080p on YouTube. And it's fucking a gift. The gods. The gods of YouTube does the people on YouTube. No one is copywriting this film because they're like, it would just be uncool to copyright this film. This belongs in the Library of Congress as a work of art significant (laughs) to the culture. Okay, watch this fucking movie. I'm I'm really I'm not. If you hate if you hate this movie, write me so I can find you and punch you in the face. Okay, (laughs) this movie is pure joy from beginning to end. Okay, so it, that other way, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Not that I think you can really spoil it, because seeing it is nothing compared to talking about it. Because it really just, the the, the action set pieces are mwah, exquisite. But we, we, you know, but we're going to talk about it. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I didn't want you to get too deep into this. But like the headgear girl, just screaming her head off and looking at this messed out biker who's acting his fucking ass off this dude is putting going everything it, out there man he yeah, is killing going for it. it and i think that's like probably what every person in this entire like every person who got a role in this film just went there like, i think they just went there well i think because as you described right the director of this film right craig baxley is a stunt man so i think they like he cast stunt people in this movie is what i, I think I, he did right well, and I, would, I would imagine because like that would make sense why you know the biker from terminator 2 you got it this, right because like there's a stunt as soon that character only you only see that character mostly in roles when he's and doing all, stunts and, right? and all these bikers are actually bikers including lance henriksen this is one of the things that attracted them to this movie is he was a biker and he wanted to do his own bike stuff and william forsyth was a biker maybe still is i don't know oh God, i um, cannot also, wait to talk about william forsyth we can't get can't william forsyth's lips and mouth <laughs> need its own fucking credit it needs a sag card for this movie okay um but we'll get to it's so it's such a oh. wet that character um, but, <laughs> but yeah i think everyone everyone is just everyone everyone is just going for it in this and what i think is the the secret brilliance of this movie is that everyone is going so hard so hard but brian bosworth is kind of Not. playing it down he's kind of playing it down it's great it's a great a little it's, bit in that way it's a good performance like i don't, th- yeah. I don't know i've seen other stuff he's not ever been a, a great actor but like this performance uh, maybe Craig Baxley's a great director. It it it, it works. <laughs> it, it works really well because he is kind of underplaying very over the top crazy scenarios, which is like just it just works. Like there's a scene where like <laughs> the one of his first scenes, he like hits a guy in the face, and then just casually is like. Clean up on like aisle three or something. Oh he yeah, like, that, yeah, yeah, he gets the line. Yeah, he gets the line. And but it's by like, the way, but it's like get... so understated. Like it's so understated. Where like you're used to like Arnold being like clean up on aisle three and like you know like being like a very like selling it like you like it's it's a focused on him as he says it's the juxtaposed line. too with the captain fucking scene you get in every other fucking cop film where he runs in and he goes oh. Joe you're suspended. Clean up on aisle three. <laughs> like that's what <laughs> he starts this movie already suspended from the force. 
again, again, it just cuts out all the what? fat. We don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't just, matter. It just cuts out the fat of these movies, right? Because, like, normally you'd have a thing like, you're off the case, McGarnacle. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> he's never and been it, on the case. No, he's not he's on the case. He's going in shopping and beating fucking my... <laughs> he was getting his groceries. He's just getting his groceries and he just stops his out of the fucking... I love... Fuck, God, I love this movie. Oh, God. The cold open is something that it's really just hard to describe. It's just, it sets up the characters super well. And it's just like, so kind of over the top and random. Like, what does he throw? Is it, is it like, he throws like a, a, a can of peaches? Oh, well, no, he throws a can of peas. Oh, a can of peas. Green That's giants. Because <laughs> yeah. he looks at it for a while and you just like, it's like chronic placement. And he like throws it over and the guy's like, starts shooting at it. And fucking then... blows a shotgun right next to this fucking <laughs> eight-year-old girl in fucking headgears oh. ears who's screaming at the top of her lungs staring at this guy <laughs> that is gun jams and it just gets completely destroyed. throws her to the side oh, so good. So good. our hero foils the bad guy with a fucking bottle <laughs> of cooking oil which he smashes on the ground and oh yeah and he slips and this flies into the thing. The stunts in this movie are like, how can we make this the most insane you've ever seen? It's like a Wild West show. Like, he fucking slips, yeah. flies through the air. He slips <laughs> on a little bit of cooking oil. No, he doesn't fall down. He flies through the air, crotch first at a fucking pyramid of Coke cans and smashes into them. It's this just... is... This so and, good. well, and now we have to talk about. We're not even out of the cold open, ladies and gentlemen. We have. I could do twenty more minutes on the leather jacket he's wearing. Oh, he is. Yeah. He is. It's... He doesn't need to be over the top because his jacket's doing all the work for him. He never wears that jacket again in any of the film. This you is don't like even the see choice him with that jacket. No, this is see... like the like... thing choice of the hat that Kurt Russell's wearing. Yeah, like that's exactly. the comparison. It's, you know what I mean? Like, what? Like, where did this jacket come from? And the jacket Heaven. never appears. You don't even see him like put it. Like, he don't even see him like you he know. He threw that shit in the garbage as soon yeah. as he left. Yeah, he left he's the thing. And he's like, fuck this thing. It just like burned it. He didn't, it didn't care. Shoulder... He had to go feed his monitor lizard. He looks like one of the fucking, you know, Vulcans on <laughs> <laughs> planet Vulcan. <laughs> In the fucking J.J. Abrams Star Trek film. He looks the... like he's from, like, Star Trek Nemesis. Yes, like, he looks he's like he's, like, like fucking... evil Picard. Yes! <laughs> he's got, like, 10-inch shoulder pads on this fucking leather jacket. That's a duster. It's a fucking just, duster. Yeah, it's... he just like, he just becomes, like, a, you know, a fucking gunslinger for the opening. And then you just, like, never see him wear that again. He just moves But on. he doesn't need to because the next outfit we see him in is a fucking scoop neck fucking white <laughs> fucking workout gear with a fucking head. And ladies and gentlemen, his hair, his hair is a glorious mullet. It is the mulletiest mullet and then he always had that his entire career that's like a signature hairstyle so like to me it's not but it's still fucking great it's great to see it's you know <sighs> i love how there's like kind of like blonde highlights in it because like he doesn't Beautiful. he's not like full blonde because nope. like they're just like oh my god it's like it's just the extra anyway so so we, we get the we get end of, of this this cold open he goes back home and no, my friend no we cut directly to a church Okay. Oh, the yeah, next sorry. Scene. So that okay, sorry, the I had this like, scene. Because, like the next scene is setting up the villains, right? And the next <laughs> scene 
It's one of the most outrageous things. It sets up the rest of the movie. It is one of the most outrageous things we ever put pro- on film. Isn't it like we now pronounce you man and wife? And then no! This is them. a baptism. This is not a wedding. <laughs> this is a baptism. The priest literally hands a baby to another man, and then his eyes grow wide, cut to the baldest man in the history of fucking bald men holding a shotgun and shooting this priest who goes, does he just get shot? No. He He flies flies. backwards on a wire through a stained glass window (laughs) out of the window. Oh, God. And you're like, so what's great about this scene is it is pivotal. It's pivotal to the rest of the movie. Is it? No, it actually is. Because all the characters... But all the character motivations are like about the case that like results from why this. Why are they, they Don't say ever understand been why. three religious leaders that have explained <laughs> why? Why is this a sleeper situation? Is this like they were molested as boys and are now murdering priests? <laughs> Honestly, what is it's happening. Why? We never know. We never really understand what actually happens here, other than the priest gets blown up, and it, it's amazing because everything in this movie comes by the fact of you just randomly see a man shoot a priest through a playground window and then he gets sentenced to prison and then the bikers are like you can't fucking do that and they blow up the judge who did the sentence oh my god um our introduction to william forsyth who fucking (laughs) he's shitless and like the way that his like he contracts his muscles when he laughs. It's just like amazing to see. He um, laughs at <laughs> ice. <laughs> this fucking this judge who has sentenced this man That's who like the- murdered a priest in cold blood in front of a baby. In front and of everyone else. He gets like what twenty years or something. He doesn't even get a life sentence. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't get that bad. But like they're like, what uh-uh, they're mad you can't about? Fucking do that. Yeah, so he they blow this fucking judge up. He's just on vacation. He's like, did my job, dude. I don't even think this. Away. I don't think this guy is on vacation. I think he has a lakeside property and he's just out fishing in the morning. And his thing is like, <laughs> they rigged this fucking little canoe with fucking five pounds of C four. And again, it's one of those scenes of like, why don't you just shoot the guy? But also you're like, hell why? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hell yes. It's like every time you go, why did they? And then the only response is, hell yeah. But you did. skipped to the scene you were going to talk about, which is fucking him and his workout gear in the best smoothie ever fucking made. And the monitor lizard. Who shows All... up for one scene. He's got a monitor lizard as a, as a gift. He makes it a... A batch of uh, smoothies that you cannot feed a monitor lizard, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the monitor lizard is just there. Well, the monitor lizard all... comes back one more time in a, in a following scene. But oh, yeah. yes. He does. He do... Yeah, but like once you leave that dude's apartment, you never see that monitor lizard again. And then all of a sudden, fucking the dude from Jason Goes to Hell, who eats Jason Voorhees' heart, shows up as the fucking FBI agent 
And he goes, I love what Sam McMurray's doing in this. Oh, oh no, no, no. You're talking about, um, you're, yes, yes, yes. The, the, yes. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Richard uh, Grant, man. Richard Gant. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, Richard Gant. Sorry. Yeah, Richard Gant. And by the way, if you were to tell me that this was in the same universe as Jason Goes to Hell, I would believe you. 100%. I believe Lance Henriksen is fucking possessed by the fucking <laughs> Jason soul, the Jason Voorhees parasite. He's eating Jason Voorhees' heart. We haven't <laughs> seen it on screen. I believe it. <laughs> oh, God. So he shows up and they're like, uh, and this is, again, this is one of the most amazing because it's just like, oh, well, so you're on suspension. Oh, you know, we can have you go undercover. And then he's just like, I don't go. I don't want to go undercover. I don't, I don't fuck yeah, that. The- but I just want to go back to, you know, the workout gear, the introduction to, you know, the, the FBI knocking yep. on his door. The car scene where they do that comes after the judge blowing up. So, like, before <laughs> the opening credits roll, you have the cold open. You have the judge exploding. You have the priest being fucking shot and the fucking trial. So you have those four scenes. The judge blows up roll opening credits before the opening credits roll you have all of that shit what a fucking open but go ahead yes let's get to the let's get to him being you know seduced by the fbi and it's such a good scene because it's like you've seen this scene in a billion movies right Mm -hmm. and the thing is he just goes no i'm not fucking doing that fuck you guys i don't give a shit like which is good which i love i love that yeah, and then you. and then they're just like, hmm, well, I guess it just became six months. And he goes, oh, well, fucking doing this then? Yeah, fucking fine. Unpaid, <laughs> unpaid. unpaid. We're just getting yeah. you unpaid, motherfucker. <laughs> I just love how casually like, all right, well, it's now it's six months. <laughs> just like, all right. Because, by the way, this movie doesn't take place in L.A. It doesn't take place in New York City. It doesn't even take place in Washington D.C. It takes place in like Huntsville, Alabama, by the well, way. They're just rolling to this dude who's the fucking evidently the, the, like the he's an Alabama cop who gets drawn into a Mississippi biker gang. Yeah. Like and they need him to infiltrate this fucking biker gang because he's arrested like three bikers. I guess nobody in Mississippi. Has I ever... love it. They never give like really any good explanation. Like you don't know if these guys done any undercover work or blah blah. And like here's the thing. Here's the thing though. This is what this movie understands implicitly. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about these scenes, right? There's all these scenes. You get these in every movie, and the reality is like nobody really cares, right? Like mm. nobody really cares about these scenes. Like this is a movie that is like here's what you want if you're putting on an action movie. And you're like, I got I got my beers ready and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch me a movie. And you don't really care about, like, you know, all this, like, little ifs, ands, or buts. And one of the things I think that is very relevant to this is I, I feel like this is something that he would have learned from Predator, right? Because Predator is not a movie that, like, that, that does a lot of setup and, like, does a lot of, like, blah, 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 blah. This is kind of, like, taking that, that version of, of storytelling and putting it into – a a movie like this and i think that's just kind of brilliant in that it's just like we don't really need to know why he's just gonna be there he's gonna be there and then we get the wait i just want to pause you right there because i think you made a really salient point and um there was an original director for this film that got fired okay yeah so craig bradley comes in and the original film 
<laughs> the original film has all this backstory for Brian Bosworth's character, has all this other shit, and Craig Max is like, not anymore. <laughs> Cuts all that shit out. So Craig, credit to this man for being like, nobody gives a fuck. Get rid of all this shit. Can you imagine what this movie's like if you're like, because Brian Bosworth originally had like a wife and a child. First of all, no. <laughs> Okay, what are the things? Okay, is we'll he get feeding the child the smoothie? You know what I mean? So, I, no. Okay, I'm sure Greg, Greg Garbassi's sitting there and be like, you know, God, child, he got a lizard. That's a lizard now. He's <laughs> chasing to a lizard. And did you know the original cut of this movie was NC 17 for violence? Can you, that was never released? Please, somebody find that fucking footage and show me that fucking movie. I have to know. I have to know what to was know. cut out of this movie. Okay. Oh, God. All right, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to Amazing. point out that like that was Craig Baxley's like directorial decision. He to knew cut out all that. To shit. cut out all that shit. All on that purpose. shit. Okay. And go ahead. we we all of a sudden we we so you you have Richard Gant who's like our main FBI guy, and then because the movie is like oh we need to have like a weird buddy cop thing going on, they introduce a character named Lance, and this is mm -hmm. his like partner. How they sort introduce, of. kind of, and they they introduce him where he comes in. <laughs> And he like knocks on his door at like 8 a.m. or something. And he's like, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing here so early? He's like, we got to get up bright and early, blah, blah, blah. And he comes in. He sees the like, he sees the monitor list. And he's like, okay. And for no reason, we don't really understand what we see. But like, for some reason, we find out that, that our main character, Brian Bosworth, has like, He's got a woman in the bed. He's wait, wait, wait. With this woman. You have failed to describe what Brian Bosworth is wearing in the scene <laughs> because it is pivotal. Okay. First of all, this man is in shape. He is all, he is he's a specimen. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And yes. he's wearing uh a bikini bottom, basically, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just great. strong. He's like, hey, how's it going? Take a you know, hey, you know, Sam McMurray, you're fucking uh, germaphobe take a look at my package you know what i mean it's happening <laughs> and, it's, and it's it's it, what is kind of like brilliant about this we had kind of nice is that it's like he's like oh yeah here's this lady oh hey you gotta go to work have a good day at work yeah right? like he's not like a dick to this woman that he's like no he with. kisses her goodbye <laughs> yeah and she like wakes up she's like oh hey how's it going oh, he I is kind of like sam mcmurray you've never seen an ass like that <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what i mean he is kind of giving him that. that he does say that but like the, you would expect him to also be a dick to the woman but he's not but, like, a dick to he's yeah, yeah. just like nice to the lady and by the way <laughs> joe huff aka john stone has problems in the third act and we will get to that because he murders a lot of people but we will get to that but he is a sociopathic killer but he is nice to his woman i will give him that yeah he is nice we don't really know if they're in a relationship or if Doesn't they're people who hang out who cares what? you know i know you don't really what? Of course he's I, fucking. You know what I mean? He's what? fucking. Yes. Yes, he is fucking. I was just mightily, because once we get to the point where they're trying to build a relationship with him in the, like, the thing, I was like, wait, like, so was that his girlfriend before? Is this is a lady? Oh, like, you were, okay. he was stepping out. They're in an open relationship. You know okay. what I mean? Maybe they're in an open relationship. Yeah. It's cool. They're, you know, it's whatevs. They, they do what they want. It's just the 80s. She knows uh, his, she knows her man. He's, you know, out there infiltrating yeah, you know, biker bands. Infl you know. <laughs> infiltrating biker gangs. Nazi, Nazi confederate white supremacist. Uh, which by the gang. way uh everything you see in the biker gangs i'm like man i just see that normal right wing protest now like yeah. there's nothing like like january 6th happens in this movie but we'll get to that <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you are we'll not joking. That. It's we'll actually so that. sorry. It's what people who did January six thought Wish they were. If they had a chains Cooper, it would be a wrap. Mike Pence would be wrapped. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they just need the chains Cooper on their side. Uh, but okay, so he he goes to infiltrate the gang, and then we get like some of the great scene of just setup of what this gang is, and. This, this is, is so good. Can, I have a list of the things that happen Please, in this tracking go, shot. Go, because go. this is a like one shot track. <laughs> oh, it's an it's a good shot. It's, this shot is too good for this movie, quite honestly. It is like, and I've said that I think this is a, a fucking amazing movie, but like it's one of the things where I first saw this, I was like, this is a good shot. Like this is an, an incredible establishing shot that's a one track that just tracks through this biker gang. Okay. Here's a list of things that we see. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily in this order. Okay. <laughs> we see a Confederate flag. We see an Iron Cross flag. We see <laughs> a swastika flag. We see naked women in outdoor showers. <laughs> we see bikers racing each other and hooting and hollering. We see women pushing babies in carriages. <laughs> we see children pushing babies in carriages. We then proceed to see bikers shooting beer cans off of each other. First, you know, they're first just like a, a you know a handgun shooting wildly into a crowd, which nobody gets hit um, off William Forsythe, right? And then William Forsythe, the brilliant ice, says, no, I'm stepping it up a notch and I'm pulling out a fucking Uzi and I'm just going to fire on this motherfucker, knock his gun out, hit the Volkswagen behind him, which proceeds to explode. I was about to say, I do not know what kind of ammunition that man is using, but every time he fires that Uzi, something explodes. This film is the reason why we have nothing but CG blood anymore, because I'm convinced they used all the squibs for this movie. <laughs> They're the still trying to fun. find new squibs to replace the ones they used in 1991 for this fucking movie. Okay? Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. So, <laughs> uh, God, it, it's amazing. It's amazing how they set this up. And then they have to try oh, to, you know, introduce, like, why our character is going to be like how he's going to be introduced. And like, this is where it kind of lose me a little bit, but not, not yet because like they go to this bar, <laughs> excuse me, the tits and tat. Tit and tat. The tit and tat. I can't believe the tit, tit and tat bar is a thing that exists. <laughs> I need a tit and tat shirt. Can we get tit no. and tat? <laughs> You're podcast. not wearing it. Tonight. I will wear a tin tat shirt. You yeah, think I'm I sure won't? You will because you're already married. There. And my and the thing is, my wife will know exactly what it's referencing. <laughs> it's you. Will, I will get her one. Okay. <laughs> this bar is ridiculous. It's like a it's like a strip club, but it's also just a biker bar, and <laughs> it's just like very weird. Like the the way that this business works, I don't understand because like you know it's you know there's a strip club mm -hmm. at the back of the bar like the main part and you're like i've been to it like i've been to a strip club once only once but you know i figured that most of them are the same i've but worked in a strip club okay i know strip <laughs> clubs pretty well okay and in no strip club 
are you having a live band <laughs> playing inches away from the strippers ears who all of these women have hearing damage yes. you have motley crew cover band playing at full and a, on a, a, a stage that i'd say is approximately three feet long maybe But it's also a honky tonk bar. Of course, it is. Yeah, it's Mississippi. I just assume every bar in Mississippi is a honky tonk bar. You know what I mean? Like, think they're gonna start square dancing? Like, it's like a strip club. It's a square dance club. Like, I don't know what's going on. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. And like, so the special seats, which is where Ice is sitting, is the farthest away from the adult dancers. He's got like, he's doing business. He can't be that close to the fucking band. He can't hear it. He can't get any fucking work done. But it's like very far away. It's like <laughs> He's like the Tony Supreme. This is like the Bada Bing. This is like the back. You know what I mean? This is the back. <laughs> and what how he Brian Bosworth gets tries to like get in this band. He's like why does your girl want to fuck me? Like, why I should love it. Look at, I love it. Look he calls him Bam Bam. Is this an improv? <laughs> if this is an improv, it is. William Forsythe deserves, deserves a fucking Oscar. He calls him Bam Bam. <laughs> bam Bam. It's so good. <laughs> and then, so what's amazing is this introduction scene only exists to put both of them on the wrong foot with each other because it actually doesn't involve how he gets in the gang because what happens is all of a sudden well, across the does. bar no it doesn't because across the bar a different argument is happening and like two dudes are like you gave me some bad peace excuse me these men show up at this strip club and try to return meth like they're at fucking <laughs> They're yeah, standing they're like, at the street. Can I, speak, can I speak to your manager? Because uh, this math was not up the code. <laughs> they are screaming about it at the top of their lungs. What do you think is going to happen? And like the ladies are just like, guys, like we do not guys, get paid enough for this. Like, can you please stop? We're, stop. Sh we're shaking our ass for a dollar so we can feed our children. Can you please take your <laughs> meth? You fucking meth Karens. Can you return your fucking meth? <laughs> To the opposite end of the bar where the dudes who actually sell it are. Thank yeah. you. And and the guy who kind of gets involved and gets saved, what is his name? What is his name? Like he's supposed to be the good he's supposed to be the good gang, like the good one. Yeah. He's the one um, who like throughout this is like, Gosh, you're going a little bit too far when they like kill two people. His name and then is God, uh, there's a I believe. <laughs> John, I think you're right. And then God. there's another scene near the end. Oh guts, isn't it guts? Gut. Yes, it's gut. Yeah, gut. And there's another scene at like the end where like they've way gone on. There's a killing it as a people, and you can just hear them go. I think you're going a little too far again. Oh God. well, yeah. I mean, while the what you know, that's an, we have to have a conversation about what the, what's going on with this biker gang because I don't know I, I, what turn took place that suddenly made Gut and Nancy be like, "Your guys are going too far." They've been killing people. <laughs> they this movie started with them around in murdering Nazi. a priest. <laughs> they're their flag has the SS on it. I think we know where they stand. Guys, I was on board with the JQ. I was on board with the white supremacy. I was on board with the priest killing. I was, but I draw the line at you shooting a fucking soldier. <laughs> 
Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get it. So uh, then Brian Brosnan like butts in and starts like and helps him out in the fight, and then Gut is like, "Well, thank you for helping me in this here fight, and making sure I didn't get hurt." <laughs> this twitchy motherfucker <laughs> is is yes, has done all the math. He's like, "You want to come to the meeting and like you know hang out with me?" <laughs> so that's how that's how he ends up getting involved, and it's amazing, amazing because that scene he gets called Bam Bam it only exists to set those characters off as not liking each other. Yes. Like it doesn't help him at all. And it's great. So he goes to the freaking. Well, Ice has clocked this motherfucker from number one. Ice is <laughs> should be running this game. He should. Yeah. Ice, Ice is like, uh. Chains, this is clearly a fucking cop. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? Look at that dude. He ain't drinking spears like we are. That is a cop. I love William Forsyth is out of his mind, messed out, and he's like, I am neck deep in methamphetamine, and I can tell that this is a cop. What is happening? Like, <laughs> what is going on, Chains? <laughs> So we then we then get this meeting. We get this this initial meeting between everybody, where it's like this big like. Well, club first meeting. we get Brent Whip Whipperton explaining to us that he's going. He's purely running for Senate to fucking put this fucking biker in the electric chair. I forgot that this is like some this and is you're the plot of this he's movie. supposed to be the hero by the way. This guy is kind of supposed to be the hero of is the he? movie. You are kind of are supposed to root movie? for this guy. I don't know. I don't think there I are think heroes. you're supposed to root for this guy who's like let's put these bikers in the electric chair. I think this film is positing that in our reality there are no heroes. <laughs> okay. That, that helps you sleep at night. Yes, that's I what think... this is. It's positive. But yeah, this guy, his entire thing was like, yeah, fuck bikers. That's my entire thing. I'm just running on the, the thing of like, eh, fuck the bikers. Craig Baxley like, is telling us, in reality, you only have a choice between two different types of fascists <laughs> in America. That's what he's telling us. He's like, oh, God. The kind oh. that's going to storm the Capitol? And the kind that's gonna fucking blow up a fucking helicopter and murder fucking seven hundred people. Those are your options. Okay, <clears throat> so so we get this introduction of this guy, and we get all this set up, and like we gotta fuck fuck this guy up. We hate this guy. It's, it's our entire mission is to fight fight this guy. And you know we need we need to figure out how how are we gonna eventually get our our good pal Brian Broadworthy. How's he gonna get into this gang? Right, he he ended up at the meeting. How's he gonna get into this gang? He's gonna beat up this shirtless man <laughs> in the most homoerotic well, scene. Wait, wait, wait! You, mi you missed the. You missed the. The there's a there's between him and Ice. There's a motorcycle race first. Right? Oh yes, yes, yes. So there's a motorcycle race, and then yes, there's this fucking, you know, uh, fucking gladiator fight where <laughs> where the move is just to launch this dude loves to fucking launch people loves to fucking backbreak people and then launch them into the crowd but this guy think he's fucking bane he's like read one batman right. comic and he just keeps trying to bane people and he yes. banes he banes our main character and our bit unlike batman he can take it he can take it and is back broken and he just get, comes back up and just beats the crap out of him he uppercuts this motherfucker Mortal Kombat style. Brian Bosworth uppercuts this dude and he does a backflip. 
It is filmed like it is the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Like, there are scenes where you're just like, yeah, no, this is... This is some he, upper, he comes from the ground to an uppercut that causes the fucking guy who's backbreaking people to backflip. So good. Uh, Do we never see that guy again? By the way, no, we don't need to. He just he just pieces. He's like I, I have been defeated. I Directly after getting uppercutted, he disintegrated. <laughs> he disintegrated. No, no, he just went to be an upstanding member of the society. Like, <laughs> he's, he's like, like I learned uh, my you lesson. You know what? I'll get. I'll, 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 uh, you know what? I'll be a, like a grocery dude or whatever. <laughs> I'll manage a grocery store and yep. see it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how he gets in, involved. And then for whatever reason, the craziest scene, like Lance Hendrick is like hanging out in his van. And he's like, I want you to fuck up. my girl. Fuck my girl. Hey, you know what I want? <laughs> because Lance Hendrick laughs his ass off after every line and it's glorious. He, by the way, by the way, in the trivia section for IMDb, it says he like pretty much wrote all of his own lines. Like he, <laughs> he wrote the best line. If he wrote the line at the end of this movie, <laughs> dear God, <laughs> we need to get this man an Academy Award. Yeah, we'll write we it. I need a full book. I need a full movie written by Lance Hendrickson. After he every line, he just laughs his ass off. He's like, ha, 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 Brian Bosworth, cuck me. <laughs> and I'm like, good Lord. I am into this performance. Like, it is fucking amazing. It's, it's maybe my favorite. This is saying a lot. This might be my favorite Lance Hendrickson performance. That's, that is a little crazy. I just think, like, it's, it's hard to, to judge because, like, I think – you know, it's hard for me to go like from near dark to this movie because they're, <laughs> because like they're both like Lance Henriksen doing some of the best performances ever, but he's doing different things, but like still playing the antagonist, right? You know what I mean? Like it's hard for me to compare this to other, uh, you know, scenarios. Let me compare this to one of the best vampire movies of all time, Lance Henriksen re rewinding until the guy just says die laughing. Like it's he's playing the fucking Joker. He's just like ha, 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 die, die, die. Ha, ha, ha. He is almost playing the Joker. You know what? So the, good. The, the final line in this movie that you're talking about, a hundred percent, you could have that in the line of the Joker, and it would work. And it would so be like, one of the best Joker lines, lines ever. Ever. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I'm not. I'm not even that. I'm not saying this ironically. Like it is an incredible line. We will get to that line, and I'm sure talk about it at length. But. Yeah, no, yeah. He's the fucking Joker in this movie. Um, he, is. he is, and then, you he's know, the second that's, best. You know? I don't know, unless you maybe second or third best Joker, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know. Depends on how you rank, you know, Mark Hamill, Cesar Romero, you know what I mean? But he's, a, he's one of the best Jokers. I'm just going to say it. It's insane. It's insane. So now our boy is, is somehow in the gang because he has to go do, uh, like, do a hit for them, and then he's, like, welcomed into the gang. And he has to do this hit. <laughs> this does not seem like a hard hit, by the way. Like, like they go through a lot of effort to make it so, like, they just... So, they extradite this man, but then he comes back to, like, harm them? Because, like, he goes to do this hit, but he's like, I'm a cop. I can't fucking just murder a guy, which, by the way, uh, most cops do. Uh, but uh, in yeah. the, the fiction of this movie, uh, he says, I don't want to murder this person. Um, so, they he... he 
gets this guy at a bar and just like smacks him in the face and then just sends him back to his home country, which okay. is okay. Well, so there's a, there's, there's a lot, all, you know, we also, we also skipped over the part where Sam McMurray reveals that he's a germaphobe. This fucking, well, okay. Like... Does, like, how is that <laughs> relevant to what we're doing? Because, we can't talk about every single uh, because like in most films, like the fucking, like, it's just such a different dynamic. Like the buddy cop is usually like, you know, if you think of like Lethal Weapon, where he's like, Riggs, you're fucking crazy. Calm down. Sam McMurray's like looks at him like a big brother. He's like, Can you teach me how to be a real fascist? Like it's it's so fucking fun. It's so interesting. But yeah, it's, it, I'm not gonna not saying I want to spend a lot of time on that. I just wanted to call that out because I just think it's really interesting. Like it's completely different. He's like, we, we, what am I wearing? Am I cool? Am I cool like you, Joe? And then, yeah, this fucking dude who he watches dance sweatily on the dance floor and then smashes <laughs> and, his head in. And in the, in the credits of the movie, he's only called the Bolivian. The Bolivian. So I, guess, I guess that's right. They cut somebody else's fucking ear off. And then well, copy the tattoo. So they say a- they say that it's a corpse. So he goes to the morgue. A corpse that he, he made. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's a cop. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like you get that scene where like a tattoo artist like I've never tattooed a corpse before, <laughs> <laughs> and you know he's like I'm gonna make this my business now. He was like so into it. Like that guy did the tattoo of the corpse. Oh, he like- loves corpses. He <laughs> I'm gonna keep this one after. I keep <laughs> Leave the corpse. Take the ear. <laughs> what is it, the Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Leave the cannolis if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um. so that's how he gets in. Where he just throws the ears. <laughs> Lance Hendrickson and Lance Hendrickson starts laughing. He's like, "Ho ho ho!" Lance Hendrickson. They're for you, girl. A reservoir dogs where he lifts the ear up and talks to it. He's like, can you hear? Can you hear me? He does a fucking Mr. Blonde with the fucking ear. He does. And then he gives it to his girlfriend as a gift. He's like, these are for you. He's like, this would be a nice earring. I fucking love God, this movie is so fucking good, guys. So, But what's amazing is we somehow, like... Him sending off this guy instead of killing him is actually a very important plot point near the end of the movie. Yeah, but I think that's hilarious. Back. Where they just, where they just put him on a plane. They're just like, "Hey, man, just don't come back." <laughs> they just think it's gonna work. Like they're like, "Look, just go help out the Contras." It's you fine. Know, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the you know problem with the United States is it you know not interfering with South American politics. That's. That's the problem. Famously, famously, the problem with the FBI is and the CIA is not meddling in the affairs of other nations. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you know they had a whole bunch of deals on it. They're just like, well, we needed to go go topple this regime, so just go do that. Don't come back. Listen, we have to take care of Cuba. We don't have time for Bolivia right now. We don't have time. We, we're just the, the just the cocaine we're flooding in there. We will hopefully take care of it. You know what I mean? And I just love the fact that this dude just got off this plane and then just came back. He just got right like back the on the fucking plane. Love it. These guys just came back. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, really. I mean, we need to talk about this. Is that Brian Bosworth's character is fucking incompetent? Like everything he does fails. 
Well, like, what's his fake name? Like, isn't his his fake name? It's John like when Stone. They, yeah, so John Stone. So, but somehow when the they have like somebody in the police force, like connected to this, like the 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 bikers do, and they call in like a you got to do a checkup for me on this. Somehow that gets to him. By the way, oh, <laughs> which Joe I Huff. love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Huff, like, yeah, apparently John Stone and Joseph are connected. It's yeah, just the same guy. name he uses every fucking time he infiltrates a biker game. <laughs> that would be a- that, that's <laughs> it. That is it. It has uh, to be. He's oh, like it's associated. Uh, Where's it associated? The fucking DMV? Does he yeah, have a fucking like, that's what I mean, though. Like, John yeah. Stone? Yeah, it's like, so the FBI was just like, didn't care at all. He's, He's just like, yeah, it's just him. We just want this guy dead. He's got it. a Sam's Club card under fucking John Stone. Because <laughs> like, well. I don't understand how it suddenly they know, but like, because it's extra hilarious because they never like that scene is really not like that scene is only important because they need Lance Hendrickson to know because Ice just follows him and immediately sees him meeting with the FBI agent. <laughs> oh my. Wait, like wait, wait, we will immediately. That, Jesus Christ, that scene. We're getting so lost in the sauce now. We can't go through scene by scene in this movie. I don't, I, but yeah, th- there's so much to this movie. I, like I said, we could be here for six hours talking about this movie, but yeah, the when he, <laughs> he, so it's not is- stone the name he uses when he goes on fortune. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, okay, so he has a meeting with his hypochondriac, like, handler. And then in the middle of the meeting, <laughs> Ice just drive-bys him. And it's just like, I know you're a cop now, bitch. I'm going to see you back at the club. <laughs> and then he chases him down. There's this big dramatic scene where like, Ice, whenever he fires his Uzi, someone explodes, which is just impeccable. So good. And he eventually like gets him down, and he and the guy dies. So when he dies, I'm like, okay, how is it? How are they gonna deal with this? Like, what's gonna happen? Like, is he gonna like Wait a minute. hide him? Are we gonna gloss over how he dies? Well, <laughs> how does he die, Andrew? They are having a bike chase, which, by the way, is set up by the initial bike chase, right? So they actually set this bike chase up, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't believe they spent the time to do that. They are racing all over the place, Uh and they are both racing down the street, and Joe Huff rides up and bumps him, and he hits the front of an oncoming car and explodes. His bike (laughs) explodes. Yes, yes, that does happen, yes. And then he lands on his back. You know, his face is relatively burnt, but not to the degree that his fucking bike literally exploded and he's like I know who's a cop he fucking gets some words out at the end and then they have a Viking funeral all of a sudden so I we never like it's amazing because they just cut to the Viking funeral which is hilarious where did they get the body so many questions that was what I was I had so many questions I was like wait so did he at the end of that chase just be like Come to like stub to Lance Hendricks and be like, oh yeah, I died and here's this body. Because <laughs> like I don't understand how else it happens. Yeah, okay. I guess John J- Joe brings his dead body back. Is that yeah, I guess that's what we're supposed to believe. And this they're... comes 
after, by the way, the grenade scene, which we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a grenade scene where he's oh, helping Oh, there's get... just a scene where the dude gets fucking grenaded. And then they show up to the man who got grenade blowed up with the following things. Liquor, flowers, a domino pizza. <laughs> yes, they do. And then Go Lance in. Henriksen looks at his dick to make sure it works. <laughs> Not wrong. And, and then, then Whip Whipperton is on the TV, and Lance Henriksen turns to Ice and says, Turn it off. Is Ice turn the TV off? Yes, with his elbow straight shot to this fucking TV in the, in the fucking emergency room. My friend, Gut, tries to play a harmonica. <laughs> Lance Henriksen turns on him. Take that fucking shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so much joy to be had in every scene of this movie. The Amazing. hospital scene is better than ninety-five percent of all movies. Yes, yes, you're correct. The, he bring they bring him a Domino's pizza for getting grenaded. I can't. It's just a Domino's pizza. I don't think Domino's agreed to be in this movie. What do you think? Do you think that <laughs> you think Ritz and Domino's paid to be in this movie? Hey, you know what? Uh, ending the Snickers. Bikers. Snickers. We need to get on the biker's payroll. Why don't you just give him some Domino's and uh, give him some rich crackers? In fairness, we'll... Domino's is probably like, Nazis involved? A1. <laughs> I'm Super joking. I, I don't know what Domino's is. You know what? Domino's is, I, I like Domino's, so I will not say oh, that. Pizza Hut, though? Pizza Hut, though? Pro-fascist. Papa John's, we definitely know. We know Papa John's. We know about Papa John's. He was probably at the... Um... <laughs> he was at the biker rally. <laughs> okay, so... We can't get into every single scene, but we have to go now to the, the final scenes of this movie. Oh, my God. Because I need to know what the fuck their actual plan was. So well, they... wait, but, but we... You're skipping over P2P. You're skipping over the scene where Lance Henriksen... Oh, my God. After the grenade scene, walks into the Italian restaurant... With a yeah, yeah, yeah. With a helmet. This is a Joker moment. This movie was written for the Joker to be the bad guy. Walks yes. in to the mafia and drops the helmet with the headless fucking head. The fucking body disembodied head of the fucking guy who threw the grenade in the helmet in this Italian restaurant and just laughs while he's yeah, smoking. I his guess, cigar. And I guess it's just to make them not fuck with them anymore like it's, it's to create an incredible scene you know I what guess, i mean i guess yeah yeah so p2p is now you know this big which is drug. just water in a vial by the way which it's is just, just it is just water in a vial and it's amazing where like lance henry was like oh you don't want to be sniffing that you go crazy <laughs> man don't be sniffing that's that. what happened to lance henrickson <laughs> just <laughs> sniff some p2p um so our guy, our hero, tries to set up the like, you know, this this handoff of the P two P, and then he there's like this big truck of. This so yeah, is that their plot? Truck. Is the P two P for what? I don't understand. Well, no, because the... see the 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 drug handoff was like they were trying to get the drugs, and he was gonna stop them with that drug handoff because he was gonna figure out where it was going, and then the cops were gonna show up there and then bust them with all the. Like, By the way, but they prior to this. The FBI's like, we have everything we need to arrest them. And John Stone's like, nope. We're do we're going further. 
Well, because that scene is the one that's interrupted by Ice with the Uzi. Yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah. yeah cause they, cause they, they're like, oh shit, we might have people questioning this at this point. Nope, we can't have that. So they immediately jump into this. So everything like, that happens after this is explicitly his fault. Well, yeah, because he's supposed to like get them to figure out where the the truck is going with all this, and they go, "We don't fucking telling you," and they just leave. Realistic. So, so all of the drugs go out on the streets. He does not succeed, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" So he tries to like try to make it up to them. Do, and the, he gets do the drugs? Do the drugs get out on the street? Because he fucking oh, wait rides a minute. off. Is that the drug? Is that the same? truck that appears in the end of the movie. No. I don't think so because that truck he rides up with with a fucking shotgun and disengages from the fucking back by blowing it the fuck up and then it slams into an open gas station which explode presumably open <laughs> and just murders whoever's working in it as it slams into this fucking gas station. So the drugs don't get out? I'm I, all of these fuck all this P2P by the way which, if you sniff, you go insane, is now airborne, I'm assuming. <laughs> That's the rage. This is how the rage virus starts. In, That's, uh, yeah, there's the a bunch of raccoons fucking <laughs> meffed out roaming the street. I can't and... wait for P2P Bear to come out. And, uh... Fucking yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. So for whatever reason, he's like, man, I'm such a fuck up. And then he gets captured. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Nancy, really, who is... He's uh, not really a character. Yeah, like, I mean, that's a there. problem. That, yeah, she's she, yeah. there, but you get a little bit with her, and then it's she It's not the shot. actress's fault. I think she's fine. No, she's, she's doing good, and then, like, she gets shot in the head before anything yes! happens to the character. He gets this woman murdered! 100%. He murders the woman! And the reason is, the guy just flies back from Bolivia and is like, ha <laughs> <laughs> He's a cop. I'm telling you now. He's a cop. And you're like, so, so, okay, so here's the thing, though. They wanted that guy dead. And then that guy shows back up to tell them that it's a cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And then the they... first thing they do is kill him. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do kill him. They just turn they? around and shoot him in the fucking chest. Oh, like that's true. Here. That is funny. I forgot and that they did shot him. puts a bullet right in her head. Yeah, then she shoots like shoots her because like, and then because he's Anton Chigurh all of a sudden he fucking it plays Russian roulette and doesn't kill Stone Cold. Okay, so now we have to go. Okay, I, there I just In that need, moment, that moment. But okay, we need to figure out what the fuck is going on at the end of this movie. Okay, so <laughs> everything. So there, there is a they, they're they are doing like an appeal process. They're trying to get a. a a, a harsher sentence. Cut to is this? I'm assuming this is Washington D.C. This is Washington well, D.C. Isn't it Mississippi? Like, wouldn't it be it's, Mississippi? Because it's supposed to be like Andrew, going the Supreme Court Biker. shows up for this appeal. The Supreme <laughs> Court of the United States is in Mississippi, or they're in Washington D.C. I mean, listen, they're not doing anything good, so I hope well, they were in Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't know because what Lance Henriksen. In this movie, dressed as a priest, murders the entire Supreme Court of the United States. If he had done wins, it in twenty twenty two, he'd be a hero. He wins. He kills the girl. He assassinates the Supreme Court. He kills the fucking. 
the, the guy that they want to kill. He succeeds. He does. Okay, so, okay, but here's the thing. Where was that bomb supposed to go with him inside? He's, you know, he's going to blow everybody the fuck up. You know what but I mean? Was, it, was that supposed to then go into the courthouse? I'm assuming so, yeah. Yep. He was going to blow so, everybody up in the courthouse. Was there escape plan, like, to get onto that helicopter then? Because like, No. That... The, nope, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, 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 because he was, um, he was uh, hovering around. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> Which... for them, instead what happens is that Brian Bosworth disconnects, attaches the bomb to one of the guys, and throws him out of the plane. He explodes. Of course. Gloriously. He then jumps out of the helicopter See, this is, through, like, to me, this a, is... through glass and lands on marble face first and <laughs> gets up. And just gets yeah, fine. My daughter's what? screaming. He landed on marble. Yep. He sure what fucking was, did. What was amazing about that scene is I thought he had taken out the like the helicopter pilot because they're like grappling and then he Not jumps yet. off. But Not he yet. doesn't. He doesn't. Not and yet. what's amazing is that so okay, so that helicopter stunt when it's coming towards, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, it, it. This is T two level, the same year T two level fucking helicopter. Honestly, stunt. honestly, I was more this stressed out about this. <laughs> this one was when, when they're flying the helicopter in, or when yeah. they fucking that and the fucking blowing the helicopter up. Is well, it's in like a, it looks like it's in a public area when they blow well, that thing up. They do this. Okay, so we. <laughs> The, how this helicopter blows up makes no sense. So who cares? Who gives yes, a it fuck? Does. It makes sense. It, it, may, hit uh, by, it gets hit I by have a flying fucking <laughs> motorcycle, which hits the helicopter, and the helicopter explodes, raining fire down onto presumably men, women, and children of Washington, D.C., who are now engulfed in flames because Brian Bosworth just created mayhem. Yeah, I love how for every reason the like the police are like shooting at this helicopter like a lot, like a lot, sure. and it just doesn't do anything to the helicopter. Until, Makes sense until need, the motorcycle. Comes. You need a motorcycle to take out a helicopter. You know this. That's true. I should uh, I should get up on my uh, my escape tactics. Everything in this movie blows up a second before that it should too. By the way, if you really pay attention, but <laughs> hey, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's fucking awesome. So. Okay, so they, but yeah, they the helicopter stunt work, amazing, fucking though. amazing. Like, amazing All though. the stunt work is actually kind of amazing in this movie. Amazing. It's fucking great. Well, because I didn't see like going through the trivia and going through all the stuff. Like I didn't see any reports about people getting injured or anything like that. <laughs> like it just. Well, maybe because Craig is a fucking stunt man, he knows how to do this shit safely, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I think that and is maybe I think he's, that's very true. I, you know, I I don't know how he pulled it off, but it's fucking magic when he's flying that helicopter in. It's very low. It's very fucking low. It's like at ground level, in between, very narrow in between buildings and cars. I'm like, what the fuck? It's it's incredible. It is really incredible. But go ahead. Yeah. So, okay. So, Lance Henriksen goes in there as a priest. Shaves. Shaves, of course. Where on earth was the? He finds a gun that's like hidden in the place under the seat. Yeah, under the seat. Who he's got connection. He got connections everywhere. You know what I mean? He's got he's got women in the police force who you know call him daddy and tell him who's you know whose alias is what. He's got you know 
He's got he's got fucking uh Martin Marjorie Taylor Green is putting guns underneath the seats of fucking <laughs> in the state I mean, house. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, that's realistic. It could happen. You know? Um but but yeah, so he then goes to do like the just shoots them all, shoots them all, kill them all. And then all the bikers get in through a truck. The entire Supreme Court is dead at the end of this movie. Yes. Yes. You're correct. And who, is well, the president? who is the president at that time? That could either be very good or very bad. Uh, George Sr., I believe. Oh, very bad. That would have been 91? very bad. <laughs> if, that had happened, if that had happened in real life, that would be very, very bad. Yeah. You know who's going in that fucking seat. <laughs> oh, my God. The worst people imaginable. I mean, normally that is what happened. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> so all the bikers come out of the truck. Like, just all of a sudden, they just, like, fly out of this truck. Of course. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and they just take over the building. But what's great is they don't really seem to actually have a plan. Like, no which plan. is great. I think that is actually funny. And I think works. Because, like, every one of the bikers seems to be doing something different. And Lance Henry is just like, you got this. These are your hostages. And these are your hostages. You do what you want. And then when things start to go wrong, he just, like, gets on the thing. And he's like, ah, everyone for yourself. Just do whatever the fuck you want. And What is the line? The line. You have to say the line. What is the line? The very Before he line. shoots Whip Whipperton, <laughs> Lance Henriksen evidently wrote this line based on what we learned in IMDb trivia, right? Are we saying that? We think we think he wrote this line? Seems like he did. He says, at times like this, I think of my dad's final words, which were, no, stop, son. That gun is loaded. <laughs> Which is the best bad guy line of all fucking time. Uh... It's certainly among them. In a movie nobody has seen. Right? Could you I... believe that line? It is... I st the first time I heard that, I stopped everything. It's everything. My mind I... went blank. I love how then there is like a big fight scene. And what's amazing about this fight scene is this movie knows that as soon as Lance Hendrickson is in a fist fight with, like, it's done. Like, what's great about this is it's like the Joker, like you're saying, right? Because, like, in yeah. Batman Joker story, like, whenever Batman catches up to the Joker and starts punching him, the, the fight's over, right? Because there's just no chance. And this happens in this movie, too, where, like, you can 100% it's like the movie doesn't even pretend like Lance Henriksen has a chance to, like, fight him, like, fist to cuff style, right? So, like, as soon as they do it, like, fist to fist, like, you know it's over and, like, the characters know it's over and it's, like, ends super quick once he actually gets up to him, which is great, I think. And he, he, he gets uppercutted down the stairs in an incredible fucking... This is another incredible... He's fine, by the way. He's, he's fine. No, there's, I, I don't know what stuntman did this, but they earned their fucking paycheck. Oh, they definitely they, they fucking... There's a shot of his this dude's head getting crushed against the stairs where we all, when I watched this with my family, was like, oh... It is visceral. There, if Craig Baxley pulled this off and legitimately, not that it was un, underreported, but legitimately no one got hurt on this set, there's no excuse for anyone to ever have been injured on any set ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> he pulled off some of the most incredible shit I've ever seen from a stunt. And if nobody actually got injured and they got these shots, shame. Shame 
on fucking, you know, the safety crew on like T2 and fucking all of the other ones, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. That get injured, you know, because there's then, this can't be luck. And then this movie ends with just a diehard moment. Like the yes. scene from Die Hard just plays, <laughs> like just plays out. Which I'm fine with. I know fine. I'm fine. It doesn't bother me. It was great in Die Hard. It's great now, right? right. Like, I'm down with it. <laughs> Where like the hypochondriac gets the final kill on Lance Hendrickson. Yes. Yep. Yep. What a fucking you know, movie. Our boy gets his fucking Lance gets his fucking moment in the sun. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a wow. movie. What. A what movie. a movie. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we skipped over shit that I could talk about. We skipped over a lot of shit because we were like, oh, well, we didn't talk about our podcast. Yeah, we talked. We didn't really talk about the fucking introductory scene, which is a tracking shot, which includes a fucking knife to a bare ass on the side of a fucking screen with Lance Hendrickson coming in. That also includes a scene with fucking a. <laughs> where fucking uh, Brian Bosworth for some reason decides it's a good idea to give him a fucking government issued bulletproof vest which in turn he <laughs> then shoots Brian Bosworth wearing <laughs> yes yep, that all the scenes with the girl you know basically which is not that many but like there's some stuff there right there's just lots there's lots to talk about you know this movie is incredible so in, in conclusion, do you, like, think that this was a movie? You told me, you know, I feel like you maybe, you know, were hesitant to watch this movie before you watched it. Is that a fair read? Were you scared to watch this movie? Did you I'm think? Scared? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Well, like, like you... wake up screaming. In the no, no, like, yeah, maybe that's a, that's a strong word. No, you know I, mean? I think were I was you... hesitant to watch this because it's like, oh, biker movies. Like, ugh, I've never been, like, super big on biker movies. But, uh, damn, this was great. This was really good. This was really good. Yeah, like, I think... Probably like the villain performances of the movie are probably the most apt comparison is like Under Siege, the best cigar movie, right? Where you get right, where you get uh, a great Tommy Lee performance, which is actually a really close comparison to what Lance Hendrickson's doing in this movie. You, you're right, but here's the difference in that movie when it's Tommy Lee movie. is on the screen, when Tommy Lee was on the screen, it's the only good part of that movie. Well, no, no, you also get a good performance, um, your boy. My boy, you know, the, the William Forsythe in that movie, right, is uh, fucking, um, I kind of stand by. I think the only fun scenes that I, I don't like under seats that much. So, um, well, no, but you, you know, it's always good to have Gary Busey on seat. You know what I mean? Is. Like, it is. When, when those two are on screen, it's good. When the yeah, villains are on I mean. screen, it's good. That's all Whenever I Whenever mean. it's just like. Hi, I'm Steven Seagal. Yeah, no, this is a better movie a than Under Siege. I, I really believe this is a better movie than Under Siege. And Under Siege well, yeah, is a beloved well, action movie. Why and and movie... I think it is better because it's just like, it, like Brian Brosworth is so much more likable as a human being than like Seagal is. I, and I would have said that before I found out he's, you know, got some probably yeah, yeah, underground sex things going on. Or whatever oh, fucking there's Seagal's. so much shit. There's <laughs> a two hours that could be spent on what the what is fucked up about Steve Yeah, Seagal. and Barbarian even... actually was owned by, the Barbarian uh, house was owned by Steve Seagal, actually. But like, um, 
he just as an actor, he's just like a terrible lead. He's just like, oh, yeah. And Brian and he, like, Bosworth is, doing and he doesn't something. let himself get like Brian Bosworth lets himself get the shit kicked out of him in certain scenes, right? Like you know, he gets hit, and he's cool with getting hit, and he's cool with taking his lumps. You know what I mean? And like, a, this was getting into that era where a lot of action stars were not allowing that anymore. And I think it's like it makes a difference when your character gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, right? I mean, Die Hard's a great example of that, right? That's right. A great and example. like the the preeminent example of that is Indiana Jones, right? Like sure. it's like the taking that approach rather than like you know, once we get into later '90s, like Arnold, where he's not allowing himself to get the shit kicked out of him anymore, it's not as fun. Right. It's not. It's not. Yeah, you know, you, the, the the stakes go down, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, oh, I think uh, I think this is kind of like the perfect storm. This is a Rainier Wolf Castle movie. This is a parody, but it's not a parody. It's just a straight up version of the movie. How knowing do you think this movie is? Like, oh, I the- I think this movie like knew what it was doing hundred percent and was just basically like cutting out the fat. Like, I think this movie took a script and just cut out the parts of the script that we know we wouldn't want to see, and then just put in all the stuff that we want to see in these movies. I would argue this is a because of that because it allows Lance Henriksen to just do what he wants to do. He knows what he has. Yeah, this is a very well directed movie. I would say, especially for what it is, right? For like, action, is, mo- yeah. well, action scenes—that's undeniable, right? Like that's yeah. undeniable. I think, but like even the non-action scenes, like just thematically, I think this movie really works. It's, I do. I agree. I agree. Why do you think this movie is not as beloved as some of the other? 80s action movies or 90s action movies why probably just flop probably just wasn't talked about that much like i would say like it probably just had a bad because it came out in 91 right like yeah 91 that's a that that's a death sentence for every action movie because terminator 2 came out right like you know what i mean like terminator 2 is like the 1991 movie of course, like, and understandably and think, so. It's a great no, movie. I've talked well, a, a look, length about how much that, Even me, it. I can't really keep up the charade of not loving Kermit 2. It's a fantastic fucking movie. But, uh, yeah, it, it just, it's, it's one of those things It's not Stone where, Cold, though. It's not Stone Cold. But I, I do think that there is that level of, like, you know, you just kind of got overshadowed by bigger action movies that year. Like, had it had come out in 1990, or if it had come out in, like, 92... I think it just you just kind of that's like a, a really tough year to come out. I think, and also probably it probably has something to do with the home video market. Like I feel like this is a movie that should have been picked up by like Blockbuster or something. It, it was. Like it. it was. I that's how I saw it. My brother got it from Blockbuster. I'm very certain. You know. What no, I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure it did. But I, I'm just kind of surprised that it doesn't kind of take the the long lasting feature. It's really hard to figure out why. Like some movies, yeah. it just you know. Dumb I mean, one. and there's all, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think Brian Bosworth drags this movie? Not, not that in, in this performance, but like if you think if you put a star in his, this movie. Well, so what, what we're going to be watching next week is Dark Angel, which does have, which is a movie drive, the same movie. director, and that has Dolph Lundgren as it, and it's also the same level of obscurity, really. Right, right. It is. It is that same level of obscurity. So like, I, it, I honestly like I think we remember Action Jackson, but sure. I don't think most people do. Like mm. I don't think that's a very like I think that movie's also kind of fallen through the 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 tracks. I don't know if it's just unlucky 
Craig R. Baxley movies. Like, I, I guess, I guess this guy just never got the credit he deserved because yeah, of yeah, man. Like, because he's... when you when you kind of consider like those are three movies that like you know we're, we're gonna watch Dark Angel and, and I don't think you'll love that movie as much as you did this movie because it's impossible to. Uh... Sure, I'm not expecting. I I don't hold anything up to the Stone Cold measuring stick because I but, just don't think it's. But I think it's a a very incredibly fun movie. And I just think for whatever reason, like, it's just kind of, it's just bad luck, I would say. Um, Kind of moved into TV a lot and direct a video. What? Um, Our friend, Craig Baxley, no. by the way, actually has an upcoming movie coming out. Have you seen this? This dude directed Rose Red. He also, has, Red he also has the Gingerbread by... Girl coming out, which is based on a short story by Stephen King. What? He did Rose Red. Oh my God, I love Rose. I Rose, love Red's Rose Red fun. It's very dumb. Very it's dumb. Very dumb and bad. But I love Rose Red. That's amazing that that's him. Uh, but but that again is a TV miniseries, right? So like you know, he kind of got into that. You know that just three kind of episodes. Is that all of Rose Red? Three episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit. He did Storm of the Century too. Oh whoa! Oh Storm of the Century is a great. Like is good. Like Storm of the Century is really good. He is tight with uh old Stevie, evidently. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, this dude also directed Deep the red, Deep Red from ninety four. Not the yeah, not the you know, obviously not. Yeah, yeah. I think I have this on VHS. Really? <laughs> is that the one there's like aliens? I don't no, know. I don't think so. I don't think it's an alien. I'm I prepared to go through and watch all of these guys' movies though. Chameleon Two Deathmatch? I mean, let's go. Let's do it. Oh, wait a minute. This does... No, Deep Red from 94 definitely does have uh, aliens. Sorry. It's a high-tech, high-octane sci-fi thriller. Disillusioned, private detective, haunted by the past. Joe Keyes must protect a strange little girl and her secretive mother from a homicidal scientist in search of immortality. Starring Michael Bean. This guy's a king favorite. He also did the, the Diary of Ellen Rimbauer. Oh really? Damn. Yeah, and King in thirteen episodes of Kingdom Hospital. Oh damn! Yeah, that's like that was yeah that was all Stephen King there too. Wow. Who I, knew? I think I've, I've watched more of uh, Craig R. Baxley than I thought. <laughs> that's amazing. And but you know, even, but naming all those though, none of those are remembered either, right? Like, which is crazy. Like nobody just, likes. He's you know not poor. Maybe he's a dick. You know what I mean? Who knows? I don't believe so. Because Craig, I mean, yeah. Mr. Baxley, come on the show. Come on the show. The only review, the only review we do in this entire show. (laughs) I mean, listen, if you you know, I'm in love with you. Okay, Uh, you know my feelings about Stone Cold. All right, and you know it's going to be glowing. You know it's going to be all. He was involved in the Warriors as well, by the way. Oh my God, one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. I love the Warriors. I believe he's actually he actually is one of the actors in the Warriors. What? Who is he in the Warriors? Excuse me. Oh, let me see. I believe he's just—he's a punk. It says a well, punk. Uh, that, that narrows it down. Yeah, as Craig Baxley, he's like okay. Uh, I think he kind of started in stunts though, like as a stunt man. Oh, and so, then, well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense, right? Stunts. He's probably yeah, because because that would make sense because he's also in like roller bar roller ball as like Madrid biker number one. So like he's he was clearly like a stunt man that went into stunts and then became a director. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and he did a bunch of second unit directing stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like a this kind so, of off the off the cuff and kind of like a kind of a secret 
uh, fun director, really. So he did stunts on roots. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the stunts were on that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. Um, you know. Um, okay. Okay. You know, well, uh, a storied career. You know. Oh yeah, he did. St- yeah. He was the stunt coordinator on the Warriors. The stunt oh, coordinator on the Warriors. That, see again. How is that not a common name now? Like, how is that not a name we always talk about? Because, like, the Warriors is so fucking good. But anyway. It really is. You know, it really, really, you know, now we can talk about the Warriors because of his involvement on Predator. You know what I mean? You know, this is a Craig R. Baxley cast now. <laughs> I, I love this man, you know? <laughs> no, uh, seriously, if you haven't seen Stone Cold, watch it. I mean, talk about it with your friends. I'm dead serious. This movie deserves more love. Yeah. I really believe that. So, yeah, it's fucking great. Everyone should see this movie. Please, please watch it, you know? And there's no better way to end the podcast than that. Hope you guys have a good day. Good night. Goodbye. Love you, Craig. <laughs> Craig love you, Craig. Craig, good night. I love you. This one's for you, Craig. This one's for you, Craig. If you have any recommendations, comments, complaints, or angry outbursts, go ahead and send them to roebuck.andrew at gmail.com. That's R O E. B-U-C-K dot A-N-D-R-E-W at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful night.